hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, beautiful people. Um, it is Juliana, aka Jules, of Artistic State of Mind. And I have a special co-host, co-host guest. Um, she's become part of the furniture, to be honest. <laughs> and she has to accept this. This is basically her temporary title, that she's the filler Oh, that sounds horrible. I mean, I haven't signed any contracts, so don't Okay, say all right, that. then what do you want? 10% of nothing? Sure. What? 10% of nothing? Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. She's really, she really wants 10% Just need to see nothing. it in writing. Okay. Point. She really wants a contract out here. But yeah, welcome back to Artistic State of Mind. Um, happy new week. Happy new month. Happy mm. new month. Happy new last month of the year. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 2019 is 19. See, look at me. I'm saying 2019 <laughs> has come to an end. Wow. Clearly. Clearly, you know where my brain is. Yeah, 2019 already. <laughs> 2018 is coming in, coming in, coming in to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling, Dorcas? Oh, you yeah, didn't introduce yourself. Introduce yeah, yourself. Hey, Dorcas here. Nice to be back again. Um, yeah, my week, my week, my week. It's been an interesting one. Um, it started heavily with admin and I'm, I, I love a bit of admin. Like that's my talent, that's my skill, that's my spiritual gift. Hallelujah. But um, it, it, it can be quite stressful when you've gone from like no admin to like a lot of admin. So I've literally, yeah, I've just been doing all of that, trying to get my weeks slash my new year in order because mm. we're planning into the new year yes that's it's nearly here right mm. yeah um but yeah it's been it's been fun i've um i've recently signed on to direct a show so i'm doing whoop, whoop. yeah it's really really yes. i'm really excited um equally terrified but equally excited um so just trying to get that balance of less terrified less and more excited but um it's it's a lot of um decision making um so i just need to to focus on the right things and yeah just use it to stretch my capacity and toolbox to the max as an actor so yeah i'm excited yes. she's, she's adding another role adding another title another branch to the tree ah oh, god i love it metaphors metaphors, <laughs> metaphors. yeah what about you jules how's your week been my week has been all right actually um it's actually a new week because we are actually recording on a monday mm-hmm. um we won't get into that yeah. But we're recording on Monday, so it's a new week. My week last week was, you know, eventful. Eventful that my weekend I did nothing, which is what I love the most. Yes. Um, but a bit of writing. Um, so I had to do like write a monologue and then send it to my buddy group and then read their monologues and give feedback. Mm. So it was interesting to kind of give feedback from a positive way rather than why did you do this or that part was rubbish and da, 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 da. so it was a really interesting task and I really enjoyed it because it made me focus and look at parts of the each individual's monologues and kind of taking the good good from it and mm. kind of really expanding on how they can make that even more better yeah rather than kind of saying it was shit or you know yeah. that part was rubbish you know so it, yeah i really enjoyed that task so that was what i was doing pretty much um the weekend and hey be careful where feedback takes you this is literally how i ended up doing the directing gig i gave my friend feedback <laughs> she was like hey do you want to direct it and you're just so like, you ah. never know 
Yeah, no one's going to ask me to direct well, nothing. <laughs> I mean, God works in mysterious ways. He really does. <laughs> but, you know, he gave me the given talent of writing. So let's <laughs> stick with that. For now. For now. <laughs> For now. Um, but yeah, no, apart from that, I've had a really kind of like eventful kind of fun week. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. I feel like my headphones is popping. Um, I've had a, yeah, I've really had like a really good week. Um, this week is going to be, the coming week is going to be super busy. I was actually telling you in the car that I feel like I got, I'm not every single night out late. Yeah. Oh, but you know, God's grace in it. Yeah. 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 As long as it's effective busyness and it's not just, you know, I'm busy and I don't want to be and I just want to lie down for a week. Yeah. That's it's things true. you want to do, you know? Mm, yeah absolutely but moving on mm. what's the downbeat what's been happening uh well i guess um music wise i thought i'll bring some music news uh this episode mm. um i thought it'd be really cool actually because i know um whenever you talk about the music segment or if the music segment's talked about it's more about you know the latest news and what artists is doing what what piece of work are they creating what album is coming out um but i thought you know it'd be really cool to actually talk about music in terms of world history um so recently reggae music has um and is to be protected by the united nations which is super cool i didn't even know that was a thing yeah um so it's going to be protected as a cultural um treasure by the united nations um so it's been deemed worthy of protecting and promoting as a cultural treasure and so obviously the music grew out of jamaica in the 1960s and so it's being celebrated and being um sort of cemented in history by um the united nations and so one of the um united nations educational scientific and cultural organization uh representative said wow that. <laughs> no, quite worthy i mean the the short is unesco <laughs> you could have just said that but you know you like, had girl, to girl who knows what who, a unesco, knows what is. UNESCO is, it is a branch of tesco we don't know <laughs> um but it's not it's not it's the united nations educational scientific and cultural organization um and just they, in case you didn't hear it the first time in case you didn't hear it she's telling time. you again google it um but they added that the base Basic social functions of the music um, is as a vehicle for social commentary, cathartic practice and a means of praising God. And that that has not changed. And the music continues to act as a voice, a voice for all. That's actually quite interesting Mm. because it hasn't changed. Yeah, exactly. Like you hear reggae and you know it's reggae. Yeah. Like, you know, immediately it's reggae either by. And I know that sounds like a classic musical genre classification, Mm -hmm. but by the rhythm, by the context, by the stories being told, like it's so uniquely reggae. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that it's been cemented this way and recognized and celebrated because it's not like, it's not necessarily something that you might see every day, mm. but it's definitely worth taking note of that this is happening in history, you know? Mm, absolutely. Mm. I was actually quite, because I spotted this on, um, I don't know where I spotted it on. Yeah, I must have got a note from The Guardian, you mm. know, when the app pops up on your phone. I was like, adulting. Yeah, such adulting ways. I was just like, what? You UN do this? Mm. They protect music yeah. now? So I was like, oh, and reggae music. Mm. And then immediately, I know this, I, I sound like one of the um, gentrifiers. Like immediately I was just like, oh, Bob Marley. And then at the same time, they did have a picture of Bob Marley on yeah, I mean- as the main. So I was just like, yeah, maybe I'm not that gentrified. Maybe it's just... I mean, he's one of the biggest names, the if not the biggest, yeah. of, you know, reggae music. He didn't start it, but he's one of the biggest names yeah. for sure. But, um, yeah. So yeah, so mm. big up to you. 
Big up Should we big up UN? Big up Jamaica Yeah let's big up let Jamaica the, That's sure. better big, yeah. Let's big up Jamaica Yeah Yeah I might as well Because that's where my partner's from So I might as well Big up Jamaica But also because They deserve to be bigged up Yes Naturally yeah. from there. <laughs> I always big up Jamaicans Yeah I get called I, I, do you know how many people think that I'm Jamaican? Oh, don't even get me started yeah. on that. I had a debate with my friend about this and I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this come as a surprise to you? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. we, we, we <laughs> won't have that conversation. Yeah. Moving on in other news. Mm-hmm. Um, so TV news. I, I, I saw this and I was just like, oh, okay. I l- They're asking for ideas now. I get it. Yeah. So E4 is set um, for a commissioning blitz. So the controller, Carl Warner, um, basically has called for some ideas for the channel, um, which they're looking to fill in summer 2019 in the evening slots. So he kind of basically is looking, embarking on commissioning blitz for comedy entertainment, factual entertainment and reality as, and reality as he bids to fill a significant significant number of slots in 2019 so he was the former electric ray co-founder um and kind of like one of his first briefs as commissioner um for e4 is that he wants to kind of broaden the range of talent in the youth channel mm. so we all know the 16 to 34 year olds are taking control of television yep, and, the next basi- gen. and basically let's be honest mm, this might be problematic because i will kind of broadcasting but it's kind of like do the youth still watch television yeah is there still space for broadcasting so it's kind of like i appreciate that they're doing something like this so they're trying to tap into that audience Mm. you know not just sitting there saying we really need to tap into that audience and not do anything but they're actually thinking about okay how do we get those ideas so he wants to kind of commission four to five series for 9 p.m and 10 p.m by february and march um, so he's looking for like punchy, like talent-led comedy entertainments, um, similar to Taskmaster, who obviously we all know Taskmaster is a brand in itself. Do you know what Taskmaster is? No, I don't. Actually. Oh my God, shame on you. Well, Let me educate you. I mean, someone listening might not know what Taskmaster is. Okay, so is. Taskmaster is a TV show. It's kind of like a panel comedy kind of, uh, what's the, what's the, what do you call a show that you do activities what are I they have called? no idea. So is it a, it's like an enter, yeah, basically it's an entertainment show. So it, it's on Dave. Okay. Um. So it's hosted by Alex Horn, and oh, oh I yes, I know. It. I've seen the adverts on the underground. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Like so a panel. It's talk like a show. panel. It's a, it's not really a panel talk show. It's mm. like a panel talk show with a hint of activities. Yeah, I know what you mean. Kind of like um, like Alan Carr's Chatty Man or something. No, no. Okay, they do tasks. Like the, the last name. leg. Yeah, hence okay. the name Taskmaster. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so it's a show on Dave and it's happened to really kind of blown and become its own brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing they're looking for something similar that can catch the younger generation. Um, so he's looking for loads of different things. So he's also looking for like um, factual entertainment and reality shows with like plenty of humour and authentic drama. So like, you know, Tattoo Fixers, that's become like a big show on E4 so he's looking for something similar as well um so he's basically said we definitely still open to big ideas and we could spend big on the right one if it came our way 
So programs are going to be fully greenlit in the first quarter of the year for delivery in late summer slash early autumn. Um, and they just kind of just want to take, like, do a thing to the point where the new commissions will be funded with 10 million wow. E4 cash injections That's not planned for 2019. Mm. So they're looking to spend some money. Yeah. So guys, if you out there have an amazing factual entertainment show or you have a great reality TV show in your mind and you think this could work on E4, hit them up. Yeah. You, you have know, about two months. You have about two months because they're they're looking they're they're looking for something. They're looking for a great show, and who yeah. knows? It could be the next. Your idea could be the next big Love Island. It's true. You it's know. true. I who might was- not watch it, but we know it's big. <laughs> <laughs> we hear about it on the timeline. Yes, we hear yeah. about it on the telly box. Exactly. Oh God, that sounds so old and grandma. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to watch the telly box today. <laughs> but you know what? I did do that the other day, and I had a grand time. What? I just watched TV for a couple of hours. Granted, it was one TV show. I watched Say Yes to the Dress for a few hours. But like, sometimes it's just good to be cemented in time that you sit there for seven minutes and then you know you're going to go to a four minute break. You sit there for seven more minutes or however long it is. Seven minutes. And then you know, okay, it's going to be 3.30 in a bit. Like, yeah, it's just I'm waiting good. for the next episode. 3.30 is coming <laughs> yeah. up. So this, like is the, this is the last half yeah. of the show. You go to the <laughs> toilet, you get like a drink or something. When mm. you watch a series, you could just sit there for hours and then you look up and like the street lights are on or <laughs> the sun is rising. You're like, what, <laughs> what is the How? What? Did, did time... Did I stand still while time moved? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, sometimes it's good to just do something different. Yeah, you, you, you're right. For sure, definitely. But yeah, we'll see what this brings because I'm, I, I, I love a bit of reality TV show. Do you really? Yeah, I really do. I'm, But then this is the thing with me because I watch a lot of American ratchet reality TV show. Oh, it's kind of like... <laughs> huh? 90 Day Fiancé. No, ooh, ooh, that's another one. Do you think itself. they could do something like that here? I mean, it wouldn't be 90 Day Fiancé, but it might be like, get your visa and be married. I don't know what the equivalent what, of that would be. Don't tell the bride. No, that's different. Okay. but more, about, not about visas and, oh, and yeah, yeah. residency. I don't think that could work here with... a. With all of Brexit and stuff, that's not happening. Surely that would be more appealing. Oh my gosh, did we just come up with an idea? <laughs> okay, hold that thought. We'll talk off the mic later on. Yes. How we can develop that and send it over. Because, you know, it's per- perfect. It is. I it mean, is. oh, actually, do you know what? It doesn't actually sound that good. Yeah, it's actually yeah, kind of trash. About that. Anyway. Anyway, moving on swiftly. <laughs> so, now this one. It's been the talk of the town. It has, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really has. So what 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 has everyone been what's everyone been talking about? What's everyone been talking about. Um so Guava Island, um, apparently a new film coming out with um Childish Gambino and Rihanna. Um there's and Letitia been Wright, babe. and Letitia Wright, of course. We love <laughs> Letitia, love her, love Letitia. Um apparently is a film that's coming out. There was a trailer that came out, was it in in New Zealand? New Zealand Zealand. about a couple of days ago Yeah and someone recorded the trailer Said trailer, said fuzzy image of a possible trailer (laughs) um, Of um, this film um, Potentially that's been called Guava Island It's not confirmed, we're not confirming it We're not, you know, Mm -hmm. confirming it here Um, And put it on the Instas And everyone's been talking about it Everyone has been screaming about it Everyone has been talking about it I think people have also done think pieces of potentially What (laughs) the film possibly could be about (laughs) Just based off of the two minute trailer Yeah So 
The two minute trailer did not give anything away to me. But do you know what? I really want to watch it. Yeah. It looks so good. Whatever it is. I know. It looks we amazing. just don't know. Imagine it's just a music video that's like I would I'd like ten minutes. I will like happily film. accept that. Yeah. You know? But then at the same time, us saying all of this, let's not start our own think piece on mic. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> but saying all of this, there hasn't been an official release date. Yeah. So nothing has been said. It could just be like, do you remember when Beyonce and um, Alicia Keys did this video back in Africa and they were in African print? Do you remember? This is a long time ago. So images of this came out, like they look like they were recording a music video. Everyone (laughs) was anticipating, waiting for this to come out. It never, ever touched the internet. Did they just go to South Africa? I just don't know. We just (laughs) don't know. We don't know what happened. It's just like, it, it... it could be a conspiracy theory. See, but, but here's the thing, because it came out, this trailer was during his Faros, Faros Festival. So okay. this is a festival that he set up, his own festival. And he premiered a two minute teaser of what? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> um, but it opened with him, you know, singing and strumming his guitar. And Rihanna enters with, you know, some banter, you know, just some Rihanna banter. Um, and, you know, it kind of dips and dives this trailer between snippets of comedy meets dramatic dialogue and colorful Cuban vistas. Literally, it's, we think, we think. It's not confirmed. <laughs> But it looks like Cuba. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but you don't just go to Cuba, film a trailer or teaser, and then, and then nothing like, happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you spend know, all that money. Exactly. And premiere it at a festival. So something is happening. We don't know what. Um, but it was teased and people are involved. Yeah. And Letitia, Letitia Wright has even kind of not really said anything about yes. what it's about. Yeah. So she's like, Letitia, girl, just fill us in a little know, bit, B. Tell us. Small, small. Boy, you know when you I have mean? contract, in it? In it, it's true. <laughs> when you contract. have signed that NDA, <laughs> it's hard. you need to make your make sure your coins are, are set. I know. But do you so, know yeah. what? All, all tight lips aside, like, I'm not mad about this conspiracy or non-conspiracy. Like, if it was anything else, I'd be like, I don't care. But I actually, I quite care about this I don't know what it is Yeah But I'm not mad That they're keeping it a secret yeah. But you When you kind of think Look people have seen it Like Just give us a You're basically film. lying now Yeah give, just, just, g- just give it to us Yeah we Or just, just acknowledge That it exists Yeah And we're not saying anything And then just like, Cool cool you know, That's All fine. three of you Just go on your socials And just say Guava Island Coming soon We'll be like Boom Exactly We know It's confirmed It's coming We're not crazy We don't know when mm-hmm. But it's coming soon It's coming soon That's all we want That's all we want Do you know what I mean Don't yeah. leave us just like Lingering Just like This little puppet in your hand Just like <laughs> Waiting Whether it's going to drop or not But yeah No we look forward to it And yeah, fingers sure. crossed It does come out You know Yeah. And if it's one of those Indie things Then even better Because I love an indie film Gosh yeah Imagine it just goes to Cannes Oh, then we'll so have to cool. wait even more longer for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Can was like just gone summer. So I'd we'll be have happy to wait. for them either way. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> me too, I guess. Um, so moving on, theatre stuff. Um, so this one is was definitely an eye opener, but mm. not. It was an eye opener at the fact that I couldn't believe it, but at the same time, I could believe it. Yeah. Mm, so, So according to the stage, Top ticket theatres in West End have risen by nearly a fifth in the past year. Um, So the stage kind of do their annual kind of like ticketing survey. And they basically released 
that the average top price ticket across all of West End show is £117.52, which is up 19% compared to 2017. Um, this is the first time that the average top ticket has exceeded £100 since the stage started the survey in 2012. Wow. Does that come as a surprise to you? I mean, 19% in one year. And the year's not over. <laughs> that is, that is a lot. It's diabolical. Diabolical. I mean, it's the point diabolical. Where, <laughs> you just have to catch your breath. Isn't it? Diabolical, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not surprised because I, immediately when you started with the facts and figures, I thought, oh yeah, there's been cuts to the arts, hasn't there? <laughs> like... You know, or doing, I mean, I don't know if it excuses it, but it's the reality. I don't know why. I don't know if that's the reason the prices have gone up. I don't know. I don't but know. But this is West End, though. There's cuts everywhere. Hmm. I don't know. I like. I get it. Yeah, cuts. But my G, twenty <laughs> percent potentially. You're charging me twenty percent yeah. more. But also, like, things in general have become more expensive. True. Like, True. particularly if you have any estate in London, whether you bought it or not, I'm sure even the electricity bill has gone up somehow or the emissions and things like that. I think everything is going up in some sort of way due to austerity, which has been, you know, happening for the longest time. Apparently it's never ended. But I think I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised if the TFL prices can go up so can the theater tickets apparently and how much do you think an average top end ticket for hamilton will have cost top end yeah 250 easy oh you read this article didn't you i did but i also <laughs> no. <laughs> I, say, I forgot that you, you know, actually read do you this. know why i said 250 because i i spoke to this girl last week who we were talking about theater stuff and i was like oh yeah she's like i've seen hamilton twice i, I couldn't believe it I said, well, how on earth did you afford that? She's like, oh, tickets were only X amount of money. And I was surprised because I was like, but surely the average is like 150. She's like, no, it's not. It's just because it's a very popular musical and it's hard to get tickets. People just assume it's an extortionate price generally, as opposed to just the really high end tickets. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's true. And to be honest with you, a lot of people buy their tickets way in advance. Yeah. So you can get it for dead cheap. I still have not seen how often. I know. I'm yet to see it. I will see it. I will see it. Yeah, I have That's to. exactly what I said about Dreamgirls when Amber Riley was in it. I never saw oh it. Oh my gosh, I did, but that's because I got a free ticket. <laughs> Wait, were you planning on seeing it before? No. Exactly. <laughs> and did you get the best time of your life? I absolutely did. Oh, see. But it's so because jail. I'm really glad I had that experience. It's like, okay, I get why investing in shows like this matters. Because you're getting your money's worth, even though my money's worth is nothing. But <laughs> if I paid £75, I'd still be incredibly happy. Yeah. Amber Riley's voice is oh, breathtaking. Phenomenal. I don't even know how that comes out of any human being. being. Voice from heaven, man. Do you know God what? Yeah, I still have the song from Glee when she's saying, How will I know? Oh my gosh, there's a boy. Oh! <laughs> I sang that in my audition oh. and I got the part. Oh, well, well. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's a lie. I didn't sing, I mouthed it. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> it was the lip sync. Oh, okay. It got me the part there. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> Actually, I think anytime you lip sync an Amber Riley kind I mean, of like rendition, you've definitely got. Do you know the what role. I mean? She basically got me ninety five percent there. Yeah, I just had to show up. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you did. Yeah. Um, how did we get there? I don't know. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so for example, um, musicals, the average top ticket price is now £153.74 compared to it being £127 last year. Mm. And it has increased by 21%. So the stage doing this survey, so this is a thing that they do every single year. Um, and I get that they have to do this. But what upsets me now is that, oh, is there going to be a change? Or is this just for doing sake? Mm, mm. Has there been a Have you noted a change Since they started in 2012 This is the first time I ever knew That they did a survey So it's a bit difficult I think it's good to have the information out there Especially if you're the one If you're the consumer Let alone the one investing in it But then a spokesperson has has come out and said um, For like musicals Stress that more than 81% of the tickets Of the shows were priced at £100 or less Including £10 daily lottery ticket Mm -hmm. So yeah we get that there is kind of like The average price for a show But who has the energy to be sitting there Like for example I'm a planner I Mm -hmm. like to pre-plan So like don't get me wrong Sometimes I can do stuff like with Like be spontaneous Yeah, But when it comes to theatre Like it's difficult to be spontaneous Like be on the phone that same day And be like Exactly yeah Oh do you know I feel like seeing Hamilton tonight. Yeah. Let's give them a call. Hello. Go stand outside for a bit. (laughs) Hello. Do you happen to have a £10 ticket for me today? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Like, it's just, you want to be able to know that it's in locked and loaded in your diary and you're looking forward to it. Whereas... Yeah, preferably three weeks in advance. (laughs) Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Um, Compared to just like calling on a day and hoping there's a ticket. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But I think that's also part of the thrill of it. Like, and even if you think about West End Theatre... Let's be honest, if not 50% or more of their audience, and these are just my general statistics, I have no evidence of this. But from what I've experienced, it's mostly tourists. Yeah. So it's like a one-off thing that, oh, we're in London, we're visiting or we're visiting family or we've travelled down from Portsmouth and we're going to see a show. It's not like you're every day, we're going to see a show every week, let's fork out £150 every time we go. Mm. So I think there's also that element of it is, there's a tourist attraction side to it and we're bringing in certain audiences and these things cost money they cost money let's be real to to get a i don't know what aladdin's like but they might have a magic carpet somehow to get that carpet to flight costs money i'm yeah, sure true. like you and people just, has to have people has to be paid yeah you can't just have people fanning on the stage <laughs> and even if you do you have to pay those fan people <laughs> you true. know like it is true so i guess it's the selfishness in us that we're having everything should be cheap <laughs> cheaper or affordable yeah affordable yeah. i think that's more than anything because if you think about it if you are going to the theater and you're potentially spending 175 pounds on a ticket you're not looking to go on your own so you mm. have to consider the other person you're going with yeah as well as like like i think about it yeah i would like to go like to the theater with my partner even though i watch theater on my own yeah but every time i look at a ticket i'm just like Oh, £60 for one ticket mm. And then another £60 for another person That's just £60 Yeah, it's true Do you know what I mean? But those are the kinds of shows That you want to see with a partner Because yeah. it's an event As opposed to You're just going to experience a show Yeah That makes sense Yeah, no, absolutely Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I, I hope everyone understood what we meant But yeah Like I think like Going to the West End And experiencing a West End show Is very different to you um, Something that you experience Off the West End If that makes sense Yeah, on a regular basis On a regular basis yeah. So it's just kind of like one day we'll get there. Yes. <laughs> I do want to take my partner to see Nine nine Nights. Oh, yeah. When is that? End? Is it ending soon? No, it's not. It's, it just it's, it's just It's just starting in the West End to Trafalgar Studios. Yeah. Um. So I think 
they're starting. It starts. It's playing from the seventh. Hmm. I want to say the seventh of December, all the December. way to February. Wow. So I'm looking to get a couple of tickets oh, for awesome. that. Yeah, I did see the top end tickets like 70, 75 quid. I was like, ooh, majest. Gosh, I really, but, I kind of wish I saw it in the national now. <laughs> but I and I saw it in the national. Um, and I wish I did take my part in the tent. Yeah, but do you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's cool that the show transferred. That's good. Yeah. Um, that it gets to have an extended run for sure. Yeah, and I think it's cool that it's at Trafalgar Studios actually, because again, it gets that touristy audience. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what what else is what's other news? What's been happening? Oh, okay. So um, in other news, keeping it around London, um, so Mayor of London Sadiq Khan joins the call to increase BAME representation in offstage roles. I love how you call it BAME. Because people say BAME and people go, what's BAME? It's black and minority ethnic. If no, you, black, Asian and minority, minority ethnic. Wow, can you imagine me? Yeah. Wow, selfish. Um, but yeah, B-A-M-E. Mm-hmm. I wanted to specify that it is an acronym and not a word. Mm-hmm. Just a word, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the Mayor of London has claimed that theatre should be pulling out all the stops to improve the ethnic diversity in their workforces. So Khan has argued that a career in the arts has the potential to transform the futures of Black, Asian and minority ethnic young people. And in some cases, to help steer them away from the from a life of violence. Oh, see, that's where he completely lost me, but okay. Oh, why? Steer them away from a life of violence? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's a whole... I, I think it's like, true. Uh, I feel like th- that's just like, oh, give more work to like black and ethnic minorities or minority ethnics. And, you know, they will stop like fighting each other on the street. I mean, I don't think that's what he's saying, but that's a that's a gross exaggeration. Or like, But he's basically saying help steer them away from a life of violence. Help steer them away, not... It will definitely end okay, all okay. violence in London. Right, That's not what Maybe said. I should have like, <laughs> really emphasised on the help. Yes. Okay, but going on, sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think ultimately the idea is to provide more opportunity, more um, accessibility to something that wasn't necessarily talked about or promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, so these comments were made at the launch of the... Okay, Beck so 2. Beck 2. Diversity is, What is that an acronym for? Um I can't remember, but I know what it is. Google it. So at the Beck to Diversity Action Plan at the London London Coliseum on November the 27th. So more than th- um, more than 90 theatres across the UK has signed up to the plan, which aims to improve the proportion of people from BAME backgrounds working off stage. So here's my dilemma. <laughs> yes. But not a dilemma, but I'm all for this. Um, maybe it's the skeptic Skeptic? Skep- skeptic Is that the word? Skeptic is a word Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah Maybe it's the skeptic in me mm-hmm. um, It's all well and good putting a plan together And it's all well and good you signing this plan But what are you really doing? <laughs> We're going back to that same question of what are you doing? And I'm going to go back to a particular statement that I very much remember Rufus Rufus Norris Artistic Director of National Theatre You are correct Yeah Mentioned that the plan for the National In regards to BAME and diversity And the importance of making sure the work- workforce Was more inclusive mm-hmm. Et cetera, et cetera Now I don't work there So I don't know what it looks like now 
But do we believe that that's something that they are actively doing? To be honest, I think it's hard to know for sure. Mm. Whenever anything happens, like there are... (laughs) This is so general life statement But there are no guarantees There's no guarantee that they're going to follow through on their word But what they have said is We're going to set ourselves up in such a way That you can call us out if we're wrong But that's the thing It's all well and good signing papers And doing reports and all of this There needs to be action now Enough is enough And don't get me wrong Yeah, they're absolutely right Let's. What are we doing in regards to You know Actively You know Creating these opportunities for, um, like, BAME, you know, BAME guys, BAME individuals. You know, mm. what are we doing? What are what are they doing? Are you looking at potentially creating apprenticeships? Are you looking at, you know, kind of like creating, not creating new roles? Are you looking at, you know, networking events? Mm where it allows people from schools or are you are, are these theaters going into schools and talking about the jobs that are available mm-hmm. because it's all well and good doing a bloody report but what are you doing yeah do you get what i'm saying you have to start somewhere and i think these are the places you need to start let's talk about the fact that even me growing up i love theater i love the arts and i came out of university and this is not to like you know I was talking to somebody in my workplace who happens to be the deputy head of commissioning and I told her I came out of uni not knowing what to do where do I go because initially I wanted to be an actress but then I was like I don't want to do acting but I still wanted to be in the industry so what else could I do and what unis do even though they take all the money from you off you go we've done our bit there's no here's the career you can go to here's the places you can apply this is how you do your cv Apply for this apprenticeship, this internship. Yes, I know the organ. The, the the industry in general is competitive, mm. but this is where we. This is where the industry needs to change. Yeah, this is where we need to now look at how do we nurture the younger generation to feel like they have an opportunity to come and work in these places mm. because enough is enough. Like the people that have been working there for forty years are going to die eventually. So sorry, I said that a little too cheerily. <laughs> what I mean yep, is, just, you're gonna die. Yes, every we all we're all going to you the know, same place, which is death. So let's try and work on nurturing the younger generation. And I think this is what it is. To be honest, I I, I 100% agree that you know these opportunities weren't there before. But this actually it gets me quite excited because immediately I start thinking of those things. You know, theatres going into schools. I start thinking of workshops. I start thinking of schools or educational systems where young people spend a majority if not all their time being nurtured and being cultivated them actually getting a leg up and being introduced to the professional working world of the arts Mm -hmm. rather than letting that be something that they experience either in college when they're um we don't it's not called guidance counselors what are they called connection Someone who advises you on your career, like if you want to apply for uni or if you want to do an apprenticeship. Career advisor. Career advisor. There we go. Where your career advisor, you know, advises you what to do, but you actually finally get to that point where you're like, I actually am more informed at this point and Mm -hmm. I I can make more direct decisions instead of going through, I don't know, for some people, three years of a degree and going, I don't feel like I've come out any the wiser professionally speaking. Mm. I think that this is a great opportunity to to widen these offstage role opportunities. And I I really hope that it, it becomes more concrete. 
and we actually see it in action. Yeah. And just for a note for all these 90 theatres that signed up to this, do you know what you need to start? Like, it's all well and good. Yeah, you start off by doing this and you potentially get young people to come and kind of do internships and um, like work experiences. Do not leave them on their own. Yep. Do not leave them doing paperwork because they're not going to learn from paperwork. Mm. Let them actively do the jobs. You know, I'm at least have somebody who is a buddy that is going to take them around. That's actually going to properly invest in them because it's all well and good having them in these spaces, but I, they have to also leave learning something. It's true. It's actually reminded me. I need to give my college more credit. So I did a B Tech performing arts course, and. We did a lot of practical. We literally did shows back to back to back to back. But in between that, they actually gave us practical um, arts working experience. Like they took us through our arts council funding. They took us through budgets and things like that. And that stuff I didn't appreciate at the time. I yeah. thought it was a waste of time because I was like, well, I'm going to be a performer. I don't need to worry about budgets. But now it's actually helpful to know that this is the industry I'm in. Potentially, I, I don't know at what point, whatever opportunity comes my way, I might have to look at a budget for some reason yeah. or an application for funding. So I think big ups to Palmer's College. You guys did great. I don't know if you're still doing the performing arts course. If you are, <laughs> well done. You, you equipped me well. Yeah. But yeah, I think these things are available and they just need to be capitalized on. They just yeah. need to be made more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more for sure. Yeah. But before we, well, we're not wrapping up the show just yet. No, no. Um, we have a bit of, um, I, came, I came across this article, um, again on the stage, stage being my favourite place to read various different things. And this is our? Um, this is um, our topic segment, Once You Do About Something. Um, so Sheila Amin. Atim. Atim, sorry. I thought it was a, a H. Hamin or Atim. Um, for those who don't know her, she's a well-known kind of like theatre actress. I think she was in, what is that show that was at the Old Vic? <laughs> it was something to do with Orange. I can't remember. But it was a couple of, it was this year, but I can't remember. Oh, okay. And I think she won an award for it. And she was also, I also remember seeing her in the, in Le Blanc, which is kind of like one of my top favourite plays of all time. Um, so Sheila, Sheila Atim um, has come back, come out to say the lack of trust restricts minority ethnic playwrights to smaller theatres. So she's actually she's an Olivier Award winning. She let's, sure is. Let's put that in there. Let's put give her accolades. Um, so award Olivier Award winning actress um, Sheila Atim has argued that plays by ethnic minority. I keep saying ethnic minorities, but it's minority ethnics. Um, writers are often confined to a smaller venue and not given the opportunity to reach uh, reach larger audiences. Um, she spoke at a panel um, celebrating ten years of Papatango's new writing new writing prize at City Hall in London earlier earlier last month, um, and she said basically sometimes it feels like shows of Ethnic minorities get stuck in small events, small theatres, and their voices doesn't necessarily get the opportunity to reach a large audience, which is what I just said. Um, I just had to repeat it again. Yeah, sure. So she then went on to kind of say that there there is still racism, still sexism, still discrimination against people with disability in the industry. We are still not quite there with being used to seeing people who are considered to be different. 
there's still there's still a way to go every human has has sub, some subconscious prejudice against some group of people they don't know enough about it all ties into whether or not people deem a play to be bankable mm. so what are your thoughts <clears throat> Because that triggered me because I think I've said it quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And immediately I was like, yes, this needs to be spoken about on the podcast. I think there's there's so much. <laughs> so much. So much. Where to start? Okay. So I think about her saying that, um, first of all, her speaking actually at a event where new writing is being celebrated or being announced or being recognized. Yeah. I think everything she said in the context of that is actually really quite powerful mm. because it's one thing to say it on, um, for example, the mayor of London Coliseum venue where they were talking about making more opportunities for young BAME people. Mm. And it's another thing to actually be in the middle of it with your accolades, with your experience and saying, okay, we are on the cusp of presenting these new writers, presenting these new opportunities. We need to make sure we support it in the right way and it's reaching the best possible audiences it can reach in order for it to be effective. And I think by saying that it's not enough for it to be in small venues can be quite controversial actually, because, and I don't think she means it to be like, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with small venues, but ultimately with any kind of commissioning or programming, people look at the programming and go, okay, well that's reflective of the theatre and the audience. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we're ultimately, if we want to keep art alive, if we want to keep plays alive on stage, they need to be reflective of the plethora of people represented in our society. Yeah. Particularly in our nation. Like London is a crazy international city. So to deny a majority of its, I don't know, ethnicity or diversity We'll be doing a disservice, really. Absolutely. That's my general statement. <laughs> mm. No, you're right. And going back off of what you said, you know, I think about shows that potentially have been in smaller venues that I thought to myself, why is this not in a bigger space? Mm-hmm. And then, or like shows that I've gone to see and said, why has this not had a longer run? Mm-hmm. You know, why? What? What, is, what do you not see this story as... Again, the last statement, bankable. Mm-hmm. Because yes, don't get me wrong. Yes, I know you need to make money. It's a business, yeah. It is a business. We get it. But sometimes I just feel like take a fucking risk. Yeah, I do think some people play it very safe. Like, honestly, like theatre is known. Art is known as one of those things that has been risky, that has been kind of like it was a space where people just spoke out because, you know, you couldn't speak out when it came to politics. You couldn't speak out when it came to other things. So this platform in itself, art in itself is where the voices become, have a voice, Mm. if that makes sense. So I expect to see risque stuff on stage. I expect to see various different things on a small stage and also equally a big stage. So it makes me, It makes me a little bit angry sometimes where I just think when they think, oh, yeah, it has to be bankable. It has to do this and da 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 It has to have a big name behind it. I just think, no. Mm. Trust in that that piece is going to do great. And it's going to touch a various, like a multicultural city that we live in. It's going to touch enough voices that you think... 
I would have never expected to see that. I'm so glad I saw that. Mm. Or I'm so glad I saw that at the National. In the Olivier Theatre. Yeah. Not not in the Donmar, not in the Littleton, but in the Olivier Theatre. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? I feel like I'm going on a holy gospel rant right now. <laughs> but... No, I, I I immediately, you know, this whole challenge to smaller theatres, I I always think about the national. Not because not because we have a complicated relationship. <laughs> I love it. But because it's literally represented as the national theatre. It's it's the theatre that sets itself up as we are representing the nation. Mm. And I think about some of the programming that happens. And I, I'm baffled. I'm like, is this the nation? Is it really? In mm. 2018, is this the nation? In 2018, it might have been in 1970. And it would have been great. It would have been political and, you know, arousing and cool. Yeah. But is this it? Is this is this the best you, you guys can come up with? Mm. And I recently saw um, like a, what is it? A poster of their latest commission and I thought did I not just see your show there last the writer I was like I swear I saw your show there last year now I'm not saying writers shouldn't make multiple shows but if you're going to the same venue and the premise basically looks the same what's going on yeah and I remember seeing something that really triggered me that one particular writer who happens to be a white man I can't remember the writer's name has had more shows in the Olivier Theatre than any woman and that's both white and of colour. And he's had one life. Yeah. One man. One, one man. man. Has trumped all the women. Yeah. Amazing. That's to see, that's that's why I'm grateful for people like Sheila Atim speaking out. Yeah. Because it's problematic. And she's obviously coming from an experience of, I have been in the game for a while. I am an actor. I've been on the other side. Having to be part of these plays in these large spaces or small ones. And I'm seeing a problem here, mm. like, and I need to call it out. And yeah, I just think it's really interesting. But okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think this kind of, I don't want to call it, I've labeled it as tailgating, but I feel like that's the wrong term because that might actually be slang for something else. <laughs> but, um, but this sort of like coming up behind and and calling out people um in terms of their social responsibility to art do you think this will cause the decision makers or influencers or gatekeepers whatever you want to call them um to change lanes so to speak or just like to shift their focus or to prioritize the things that need to be prioritized or do you think they'll just ignore it so here's the thing i see somewhat of a change not necessarily somewhat like okay I don't think we're ever going to see a change from the national. I'm going to, I'm going to point blank period. I don't think, as sad as it sounds, but I think that there's a lot of like the generation we're living in. And like I said, the older people are going to die eventually. Um, But the younger generation who are in the spaces of the theatre is of a multicultural kind of like face in general. Yeah. So you're seeing more and more people of kind of going to the theatre, going to see various shows. But what you're finding is that they're going to the places like Bush. I'm going to bring up the Bush again. Love the Bush. Um, and Because <laughs> I'm a young Bane person. <laughs> <laughs> and the Bush is doing that. The mm. Bush is putting on work that speaks of a multicultural city. Yeah. Um, a multicultural nation. So I do believe 
Now, the bush is not off like West End, but I feel like the work, the work that it's putting on, it's definitely on par. Okay, the space is not as big, but it's definitely on par to like national. Mm-hmm. Like it has the ability to surpass, and also the young Vic. I don't. Mm-hmm. I like. I'm. I'm interested to see because I know that. Um, Kwame Kweeman announced his kind of like his the the latest season and stuff, and I'm intre- I'm intrigued because it looks all very different and and everything to the point where he's doing um a co production or collaboration with like Idris Elba. Ooh. So and they actually did the call out where they wanted people to kind of share their ideas. Oh, I thought you said access. I was going to say sis. What, no, what no, happened? No, no, no. <laughs> you access, didn't let me know. If it was access, I would surely let you know. Thanks. Um, but no, they were like. They were looking for people that might have like a short film idea. Oh, wow. Or that's like, you know, music or kind of like a piece in general that they thought that might be interesting and how it would be interesting to the community and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this was so good. But the deadline was like two days later. I was like, yeah, I can't have anything. <laughs> I, I love it. Why do they do that? It's like... And it's not like it was really obvious unless like, again, I'm not always on Twitter, so it's difficult to find those things. Exactly, yeah. So it's kind of like, I just happened to be one day where it had post, been posted like maybe three days before <laughs> that I saw it. And I was like, oh, what's this? Click it's almost like you have to have a project ready and just wait for the opportunity. In it. It's like, submit. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. It's like, it just knew from my brain. <laughs> Something to do with tree. Yeah. There we go. Submit. Do you know what I mean? But again, on the tangent, um, you know, theatres like that, are thinking about their audience mm. and thinking about the fact that, you know, this is the city we live in. So how can we tell those stories? Yeah. How can we change that? How can we make sure that, you know, we are allow- allowing the, um, writers of ethnic minorities to be able to produce a play that they know is going to be center stage and potentially seen by many people? Mm. And I feel like what's happening is that they're taking over. They are. Because now we're talking about, oh, the bush is doing this, all oh, the bush is doing that. I don't know how many people do that, but clearly I am. I mean, in our imaginary world. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly am talking about the bush all the time. <laughs> um, but they are doing that. And it makes me wonder is that, do we need potentially a space like the bush, a space like the Young Vic, Royal Court is different, but Royal Court is doing something. Yeah, they're doing great stuff. They're I doing think. great stuff. I feel like they've always been doing it anyway. Because they're they're all about new writing. Yeah. That that's just they're new writing. So by default, they will always be doing Exactly. Great stuff. So it's just like they're yeah. constantly considering like what's the narrative now or what's yeah. relevant now as opposed so, to so what, I, Yeah, so they've know. been they've been doing it. Mm. They've been doing it. But I think what we're looking at is like bigger venues now, and but the also and venue. also audience. I think the Royal Court audience can be quite interesting yeah. because of its placement as well. I mean, it's in Kensington; it's very interesting. Yeah, but their their audience is actually quite diverse as well. Mm. Yeah, because when I went to go see it, Air for an eye, Air for eye, mm-hmm. Air for eye, or I for eye, Air for eye, Air for eye. Like I looked at the audience, maybe it's because it was press night. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Ooh, variation. So you know, I, I don't like that. I like you that. say variation or very Asian. <laughs> no, I said variation. I guess either are great, but I just needed to clarify. <laughs> just ver- very Asian. <laughs> oh no, not that. That's like, not what why, I said. Why? Anyway, that's not a thing. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think it's it's really cool to to think about the potential of like, I don't know, maybe what Lynette Linton, our new Bush director, artistic, artistic director. director, would be doing in the National had she been given that space. But also, it's like there's there's that responsibility of like you're in that space, and as much as you have your ideas and your style, there's also a responsibility to what you're doing mm. because there's an audience coming to receive it. Yeah, so maybe there needs to be some more like social intention happening there but I I also kind of wanted to ask about like because I know we talk about theatre a lot in terms of it being stationary and in London Mm -hmm. but I wonder how what Sheila is talking about can affect sort of festival um, operators and companies like for example you look at um, the different festivals that happen in London like your Bolt Festival mm. or even your Edinburgh Fringe Festival you go to these places and there's really like daring pieces of work and sometimes they get commissioned in these big theatres or sometimes they don't but like why do you think they're so successful or do you think they're successful at creating these pieces of work that essentially were, were calling larger theatre venues stationary venues to produce yeah so yeah that's really interesting because yeah i do think that these these festivals or these kind of like events are extremely important for you know your very new writer who potentially wants to just make their work they might not necessarily want it to be commissioned they might just want to make a piece of piece of work that people get to see Mm -hmm. and this is the space that has given them the opportunity to do so so I think these pla- and this, these platforms are absolutely great. They're really great because, again, like you said, it gives them the opportunity to to do their daring work, mm. you know, to kind of get their work out there. And it's just that space in itself opens doors to many different faces, many different voices. Do you know what I'm saying? Who knows? Like, I could have gone and seen a show, spoken to somebody else about it, who's then said, oh, you know, I have a friend who went to go see that show. This show is really, really good. Da, 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 da. And it then somehow gets to a theatre critic or it gets to an agent. And it, it's just how the world works, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I honestly think that these, like, these places will never go away. Like the Vault Festivals, you know, you're kind of like Edinburgh Fringe. But then it poses the question, and this is a question maybe has a theatre considered like I know they do do their own in-house kind of like festivals like the Bush is doing one very soon yeah um in collaboration with I think something else I can't remember but it it poses the question that maybe a couple of theatres should come together and create a big massive festival Festival, yeah and it be in sponsorship and it gives new writers really a space Mm. and they are given money but then again you know arts being cut and all that stuff Mm. it's all questionable you know we're we're posing ideas here but in honest it's their money for it um but they come together and create this festival in in london that potentially gives even more people an opportunity to see these spaces and hire out their spaces even though it's just for a festival Mm. it's only for a short period but hire out get people to like use the Olivier, use mm. like the Royal Court stage for at least one day. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? I that, don't know. That sounds really interesting. And now 
I don't know if it's being done already. If it is, please email me my email. No kidding. um, (laughs) If it is, then that's amazing. And maybe it needs to be talked about more. But yeah, considering we're, this is our world. This is our industry. We haven't heard about this. No. And I think I've heard like theatres doing their own individual yeah, kind of like yeah. short runs. Because national, they do their festivals in the summer and they have, yeah. you know, they, they're good at that. But yeah, I do think there's something to be said about collaboration. And, and it's not so much, this is what frustrates me about, and I guess it's just business, but it's not so much like, is there money for it? Because there's need for it. If there's need, there has to be money mm. because it will automatically, it will, um, reap benefits it will get the money back because there's need Mm. so it has that effect anyway like so i think that again it's people just need to be risk takers we need more risk takers we We need more people who are able to say okay we need to we need to think about the future we need to think about how we're going to keep theater going and there's not that there's anything wrong with the past or how we used to do it i mean there might be some wrong things but we need to be innovative in order to stay on top of things yeah and i keep coming back to um, production companies And I know this is screen It's different It almost feels It can be private sector But You know Platforms like Netflix They are so innovative And that's why they're so big Yeah And they're paving the way um, Through you know And and charging the way of like The, the evolution of TV They're mm. changing it Yeah Because they were They were bold enough To be risk takers And I remember The first time we experienced Netflix Was in Dallas, Texas In our family member's house And we were like What is this? Like, I know like, It looks so cheap and crap Yeah But we had access To all these films yeah, At the click of a button like, Wow Wow Do you know what I mean? And they yeah. weren't like Blockbusters These were like a cheesy Like not so great films But they were doing it from then Yeah and they built because they knew there was a need. They had something and there was a need. Mm. And look at them now. They're buying TV shows from, from TV channels. And claiming them to be Netflix originals. originals. <laughs> that still baffles me. <laughs> baffles. But I'm like, clearly there's something in the, the contract yeah. there that someone <laughs> just didn't look over properly. Or, I don't know. <laughs> but you, you have to be innovative to stay on top. You just have to. You have to be willing to take risks. Ultimately, if they don't pay off, like okay you you look over your game plan and you try again yeah this is not this is not new information human beings have been doing this since the dawn of time otherwise we wouldn't flip and have scissors or something true like who knows you need a scissors do you have one exactly the cavemen were just out here just using axes <laughs> yes, just ripping just i ripping. love how we immediately go back to cavemen <laughs> I know, well, <laughs> you know, they didn't have scissors yeah today. Like, i know yeah we just we just need to be bolder and like yeah and Hey, thank God we're in the industry. We're going to be the bold ones, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So I have a question for you, actually. Yeah. So what do you think could be said about venues and companies that operate? Oh, you asked that question I did, yeah. I was going to say I can answer it. I'll just be repeating myself. I know you would. (laughs) So... Clearly, I'm looking at my notes. I'm, yeah, I'm falling asleep. Tired. She's I'm very tired. tired. Her eyes are slowly just uh, slowly. It's all right. Thank God I'm here. Hey. I know. Um, so, how do you think these larger venues with like larger reaches, deeper pockets, um, but less diversity of theatre audiences can better change the norm and reach the wider scope of theatre audiences? Then that we answer that question. Yeah, take but, risks. Yeah, take risks. Understand that there is a need. Don't ignore the need. It's there. It's not going away. Like. Diverse people are not suddenly going to leave London. (laughs) Yeah. Bye, guys. It's been fun. (laughs) We're going to stay. So you better start telling our stories, you know, of of people of all backgrounds and all experiences. Like, step up. We're not going anywhere. So, overall, we agree with what Sheila Atim said. Yeah. 
the lack of trust restricts ethnic minorities to smaller th- theatres. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's also laziness and um, comfort. Yeah. People in their comfort zones. Absolutely. But they're always expecting you. You know, we just love it. We, we really love that. You know, just... Why are they American? I don't know. Literally <laughs> just, you know, we just love it. We absolutely love it. We just want... There's something seems to be missing. You're not quite taking the risk. That I just want some, just a bit more punch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, but are you punching though? <laughs> are you punching though? Yeah, but are you punching <laughs> when it comes to risk? Yeah. You ain't. It's true. So you expect me to punch. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, yeah, you're right. Take more risks. Yeah. Or put someone in the job that is willing to take the risk. Yeah. Just like, he's just coming there, just literally palms on the ends of the table and he's shaking it. Mm. Or she. He or she, yeah. And it's not it's not just about like, just hiring anyone because of quota. We're not talking oh, about yeah, quota. No. There's plenty of qualified people. It's just about doing the job and doing it well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So moving on. Opportunities Corner is back. Opportunities Corner is back. Those are whispers of to be like, it's just exclusively for you. I know. Sounds like you be doing. And what's that thing that they do where they eat on the microphone or talk very Did you see that thing on Gogglebox? That woman. Yeah, she was on like Good Morning Britain and she yeah. whispers and she gets paid like loads of money. That guy was so rude to her. That was unnecessary. And very unnecessary. Anyway. But at the same time, I'm tempted to quit my day job and do that if I can make a lot of money. I mean, good for you, girl. Well done. Yeah. It's not just doing the job. She also managed to get herself out there for people to actually buy into it. Yeah. That's anyway. not easy. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Tangent. Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunities corner. What's been, what, what opportunities do you have for us today? What's been happening? Um, so I have a bit of a different one. I've got a casting announcement whoop, whoop. or casting call, I should say. Um, so Aqua and Co are currently casting for um, I Stopped When, which is a new play about love, art and interracial dating in Britain. And so this play will be on at the Vault Festival in January 2019. So this is the play that I... Um, I'm directing um, which is taking up quite a lot of my time so I'm really really excited and really passionate about getting the best possible actors as possible so if you know anyone of um, East Asian descent um, a male 25 to 30 comfortable with spoken word or poetry um, get in touch I will post my email on the twitter yeah. slash socials all the socials uh please get in touch um it's a really great role and yeah we're just looking for great actors to get involved so the character's um called ren he is a kind-hearted optimistic romantic who doesn't love a romantic um so Lordy. we're looking yeah i know <laughs> cheesy romance so we're looking for an actor um who is of east asian descent and is comfortable, like I said, with spoken word, poetry and performance. So we're looking for males aged 25 to 30 from London. Um, obviously, you have to be in London in order to make the rehearsals because we're not going anywhere else. It's <laughs> going to be here. And it's going to be here. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the casting opportunities we have from Opportunities Corner. What else, Jules? Um, so... Uh, there's also a finance workshop for self-employed so it's basically designed to teach you the basics of doing your taxes because when you self-employed out here in the art world you don't want to be fucking up on your taxes literally every time i go to cafe nero they go do you want a receipt i'm like yes yes please give it to (laughs) me i don't know why but someone said i need to keep a receipt (laughs) i need to keep a receipt for everything so yes i'm gonna take that receipt so um this workshop is um a two-hour workshop 
And what you would learn is how to keep a clear and neat record of your income and expenditures, how to fill out your self-assessment, your legal and tax obligation, obligations, mm. and how to actually pay your taxes. Um, so what we would do, I can't remember what the date of the actual workshop is. So there's three dates. There's okay. Thursday the 11th. That's next I believe, week. which is next week, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Friday the 12th, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And Saturday the 13th. 13th? I'm starting to think these dates are wrong, but um, we will put it on the website. If not, it's on, on the website, on yeah, the socials. We, we have a website. <laughs> Y'all, sorry, it's late. Um, <laughs> there is there is a link and all the dates will be on there, but it yeah. will be next week for sure. So it's a two hour workshop. So definitely if you're self-employed and you're not sure how to do your taxes or you've got an accountant, but you also want to learn yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? You don't want your accountant duping you. You know yeah, what I mean? Not exactly. that they will, yeah. but, but you they won't, might be. Do you, know, you won't know. Exactly. Yeah. So... Teach yourself. Teach yourself. Because you need them. Not treat yourself, but teach, teach yourself. yourself. Do you it. watch Parks and Rec? I do. Oh my God. Love I've it. seen it like three times. I might watch it again. Oh, I, I probably shouldn't because I have a lot to do. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it again. I'm currently watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that ending soon? No. Oh. It's not, I don't think it's ending. Oh. It, it was cancelled on, I think, Fox and somewhere else picked it up. Netflix, right? No. No. And then Chelsea, Chelsea, the woman. Peretti. Yeah, she's Literally. left. So has the, has the the black guy, the sergeant has as well, right? Because I saw him in a new TV series. I was like, oh, so Brooklyn Nine-Nine's ended then. Oh, is he? I, is I don't he? know. I don't. Let me not start rumours. But anyway. I definitely saw him in a new TV series. Yeah. Um. No, I don't think so. But maybe yeah. he's just doing two jobs. <laughs> Good for yeah, him. Maybe he is. Busy man. Yeah. So park, parks, parks and rest, Rex to Rec. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Oh, fun times. From doing your... your, your finances <laughs> yeah anyway sound waves sound what are we hitting waves. them up with the sound waves so i've got one recommendation and it's a theater one Ooh. so um it is sweat which is playing at the don mar warehouse Ooh. one of my faves um actually i didn't even mention the don mar warehouse it's actually quite a good venue it is um so sweat is by lynn um no is it no no nottage nottage Nottage, yeah. It's in course. Cottage, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it will be playing from Friday the 7th um, to Saturday the 26th of January. It's directed... So 7th of December, yeah? Yes. 7th of December to Saturday the Jan- Saturday the 26th of January. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm really tired. <laughs> um, it's been directed by Lynette Linton, our fave. Our fave. Um, and the cast is Leanne Bess, Patrick Gibson... Osei Ikei, Will Ikele, Ikele, Johnson, Johnson, Will Johnson, <laughs> Sule Rimi, Sebastian Villores, um, and yeah, and Sebastian Villores. Wow, Juliana, you tried. Viveros. Iveros. Ooh, Spanish. Um, <laughs> I'm so ooh, tired. Spanish. I'm so tired. Oh I'm so tired. Oh. It's okay. Oh, God. So Sweat is the, is it Pulitzer? Pul- Pulitzer. Pulitzer. Prize winning play by Lynn Nottage. Yeah. I'm getting there. Um, and it's follow. it basically follows her experience. Her tale of friends pitted against each other by by big businesses and the decline of the american dream it's set in redding pennsylvania the play follows this group of friends um who work at the local mill as they gradually kind of 
as it gradually pits themselves together by the the business and eventually locks away when they try to demand better conditions. Wow. Um, so we have a special promo code. Ooh. So the show is actually sold out. <laughs> Um, for, even though we're out here promoting it, yes, yeah, worth promoting. And we're promoting it because we might we have a special link um, for you guys, um, our very special Assam listeners. Yeah, um, for you guys to get yourself a ticket for the show for the sold out show. Um, so the link is donmar.org/sweat. We will post this on our socials as per usual. And what the what the link does, it will lead you to an email sign up for you to get your tickets um to the show obviously being that it's sold out there's availability for you guys mm-hmm. just for you guys that's what we're doing for you um and we get to see a show actually in the next couple, couple of weeks so we're very excited yeah. um for that and i think they just posted um lynette posted actually today um, that it's the last day in the rehearsal room. So. Oh wow! How exciting! I know, very, very exciting. And it's sold out. That I that know. must get them all really, really excited. Yeah, absolutely. See, that's excited. the need. That's a need right there. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, yeah. What else have you got for us, Dorcas? Soundwave wise. Soundwave wise, I have a TV show that I've been checking out on the one, the only Netflix. Um, it's a really great show called Good Girls. So it's actually first aired in February and March this year um, on NBC, actually. So um, it was recently released internationally on Netflix and thank God for it because otherwise I would not even know that it existed. Um, so it's a comedy crime drama show created by Jenna Bands. And she also wrote and produced for Shonda Rhimes' show. So we all know Shonda, Shondaland. Um mm-hmm. We all know a bit of uh, Grey's and a bit of Scandal. So yep. she wrote and produced for those shows as well. So you know it's going to be a good one. Of course. You know it's going to be a good one. Um, but the show is basically about three suburban mothers who orchestrate a local grocery store heist. This is American English, by the way. To escape financial ruin and establish independence together. So when an ex- unexpected opposition presents itself, these women are faced with tough fight or flight options to protect their lives and their families. And it's set in suburban Detroit, Michigan, USA. Um, I love, love, love this show because it just handles so many themes. And I literally wrote out all the themes, um, but I don't want to ruin it. I want you guys to experience it for yourself. Um, but it's just so unexpectedly funny and hard hitting. And so, 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 so brilliantly written. And that is a rarity because there is so much content out there that it's hard to actually find something that's not only interesting, but it's actually written well. Yeah. Like that actually considers the character's decisions and not just chuck a bunch of circumstances at people because it looks cool, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and this show definitely doesn't chuck a bunch of circumstances at the characters. It's really got, you know great performances from our actors so the actors are um where are the cast is i cannot see it ah there we go so it's got christina Hendricks. we all know christina Hendricks. if you don't google her <laughs> um and there's rita who is also from parks and recreation hey hey um and may whitman really fantastic actress she was in the duff and she was the voice of katara for you um anime fans or cartoon fans in the avatar the last airbender and it's got um, manny montana as well he plays 
I'm not going to ruin it. He plays a really cool character and I love him and he's also really attractive and sexy. But that's beside the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not why I watch the show. But no, the show is really, really cool. It has all these characters, these plot twists, which are like surprising and believable. And it's just it's just worth a watch, guys. I don't have to beg you. It sells itself. Yeah, go watch it. Go watch it's it. somewhere less And Christmas is around the corner So you'll have plenty of time Yes You know Yeah in, indulge in a couple of Christmas movies mm. But invest in a series Invest in a good series Invest that's been in a good series For yeah. a second season Exactly So when you go back into work Or you go back into school Or you yeah. go back into university You can talk to people So what did you do for Christmas? Oh <laughs> A bit of Christmas food A bit of this A bit of that But I watched this really great TV series on yeah. Netflix yeah. There you go yeah. Never story Never story Edumacate people <laughs> That's what you need to do Yeah so there you go um so quickly before we wrap up mm-hmm. um sound waves we did sound waves we song of the week what's song your of the week what's your song um so my song of the week i've been listening to this quite a bit just to get me in the christmas spirit and you know it's christmas season and i'm struggling not gonna lie to get into the christmas spirit but this song just reminds me essentially of what christmas actually is which is the story and the life of jesus you know, the whole reason we still celebrate him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this song is just brilliant. And so it's called Push Pull by Hillsong Young and Free. How vast is the grace you gave? I'm free and forgiven. Your love is the safest place The peace I will live in Now I have eternity And I'll sing your truth That was a beautiful slow fade. Yes. That was so good. Perfect. That was a perfect time as well. Was it? Yeah. Ah, I'm getting Mate, sick of this. What a banger. I didn't even notice the little jingle like sleigh bells in there. Oh, is it? That was not why I picked that song. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it's actually really Christmassy. There you go. Very. <laughs> um, so what's your song of the week? So Jules? my song of the week is a completely 360 from Dorcas. It's all right. We like change diversity. Um, but we're okay with that. Um, being that it was... Um, Barbados's Independence Day last hey. week, Thursday. Happy belated Independence Day. Happy Rihanna Day. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, everyone knows Barbados and Rihanna are together. Uh, yeah, but still, Barbados is its own island before Rihanna. That's true. Well done for bringing out Rihanna. I know. Um, you know, your gorgeous self and stuff. Yeah. So I thought I would bring a song that I have been banging out during the winter. I know normally I'm kind of like around carnival season, six weeks before or a couple of months before. I'm like, I'm giving you guys a soca song every single episode. Yeah. I'm back again with that, but not back <laughs> again officially, but I'm back again. Um, so my song is by Ricky T and it's called um, Sugar Lump. Sugar love, turn that thing around. I want the wine by 
Okay, so that was my song of the week um, by Little Rick called Sugar Lump. Mm, nice. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, actually listen to the song. He's basically talking about her bum bum and shaking it oh, and whining. It yeah, but that's that's what Secret's about, isn't it? Just winding up your waist, enjoying <laughs> yeah. yourself, freeing up yourself. Appreciating the assets of a female. Yeah. Do we go right on? Someone was saying to me like, how do you listen to Soka all year round? Said so because I'm such an active person. Like I don't get me wrong. I have moments where I like to listen to really chilled out music, but naturally I'm always somebody that's moving around. And naturally I like when music gives me that kind of like moving around kind of feel. <laughs> what I'm doing right now is just She's gyrating in the chair. <laughs> gyrating like in the chair. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So that's my song of the week. Nice. Um, so that's it. So that's it, guys. Oh my god, what a fun episode! You've heard us ramble and um, dribble over the and mic, and gone into tangents, into multiple tangents. Tangents. I was going to go into another tangent, but I'm not going to. Yeah, we're not going to do that. So quickly before we kind of officially leave the building, you can find us on. Where can you find us on? On Twitter, we are Artistic Som. Instagram, we're Artistic Som Pod. Facebook, we're Artistic State of Mind. Have I missed anything? I think that's it. Oh yeah, we're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned that we are on Spotify now, but yeah, yeah we are officially on Spotify. How so exciting! Um, yeah. Yes, exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't you can good. listen offline. Exactly. Yeah. If you have that Spotify membership where you pay, yeah, and it's a student one. Oh, it's a it's a nine ninety nine one. You get to listen off uh, offline. offline, offline, offline. So make sure you guys like subscribe, rate us. You know all the all the shiznik. That you have to do. I feel like I made up that word. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) You can find me. I was just about to say, where can (laughs) they find you, Dorcas? Well, if you're looking. um, No, you can find me at uh, Dorcas Lou Stevens. So that's D-O-R-C-A-S-L-U and Stevens with a V. uh, Both on Twitter and on the Instagram. So yeah, check me out. Love to hear from you and keep you posted on what the happenings is in my life artistically. Cool. And you can find me on, what am I? On Twitter is Jules Montana 88 I, I try and tweet from time to time, but yeah, you can find me on that. Um, it's been fun. Next yeah. episode, we might have a special guest. Ooh. Um, we'll let you know in it. <laughs> but Chalmo is back next week. He's currently off enjoying Thailand. Very jealous. Oh, um, so jealous. Perfect timing as well with all the rain and stuff here. Mm. Um, so yeah, big up to him. So it's been fun, guys. Peace, yeah. yo. Love Bye. and peace.